Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, and welcome, or should I say welcome back to the Indie Football Podcast. Recording on a Monday afternoon rather than a Monday morning because today was Champions League draw day. We'll be bringing you the latest news, reaction and analysis from uh, where they do it? Baku, I think they did it in, which is, is the uh, where the Europa League final is. It, I mean, it's always like the Grimaldi Forum in Monaco, yeah. the fictional town of Neon in Switzerland. Or um, in this nice case, trip for the lads. Baku, yes. Yeah, love, I mean, you know, you wait for delegates, need more times in the year where they can go away yeah. and be paid loads of money to do very little. And this was just another one of those occasions. And speaking of paying a lot to do very little, that's Miguel Delaney. <laughs> I think I could probably give that joke like eight, eight, nine out of ten. Yeah, I thought it was a good one. It was a good Surprisingly one. good this time of year. Um, yeah, I mean, it could have been in Switzerland. Uh, obviously, the problem there is it's expensive. But on the other hand, the flag's a big plus. Nine out of ten joke as well. And that was Jack Pitbrook oh, no. to my oh, left. Oh, no. uh, so say hello, Jack. Jack cool. Hello, Jack. Jack is a massive plus. Jack okay. is, is a, an incredibly positive addition to uh, the room. And this room will discuss not only the Champions League draw, which we've just uh, mentioned, the Europa League draw, Liverpool versus Manchester United, and then probably some other stuff that happened yeah. in, the, in the Premier League over the weekend. Over the next 30 slash 40 minutes, we'll see how, what happens and how carried away we get. So let's go straight in at the top. We wanted to talk Champions League draw. Yep. We're going to rank these ties in in order of how good they are. Because earlier on, you came out with, I mean, what we can only describe as absolute nonsense. Uh, so which do you think is the tie of the round? Juve is letting go. In football oh, you've come round, have you? Well, oh, here we go. No, no, I, I always said Did you said Man United PSG no, but in, in terms of sto- No, no, Liverpool-Bayern. Liverpool-Bayern, okay. Uh, but in terms of storyline, and because the kind of... Well, Liverpool-Bayern, the history of the clubs, uh, Bayern's still ostensibly the strong... Or, well notionally the strongest club in Germany Liverpool the, the coming force in European football potential English champions this season you know a marker for them uh, I think I think there's, there's more storylines around those two, but in terms of kind of the quality of football actually in terms of recent Champions League performance collectively Atletico Juve is by far the best team I mean like, there's, well, there's four Champions League finals between them in the last half decade but no actual Champions League which actually kind of adds yeah. to the tie they both lost twice right? yeah and both like you think Simeone he's worked wonders like like Pochettino at Spurs but to a greater level he's worked wonders and with trophies but you see if you feel he still needs that that one big trophy he's lost twice that he almost deserves it I, I, feel, I honestly yeah. I think you know how I felt about Simeone I think he deserves it yeah I do think that they are two teams who are at the end of like they're at the crescendo peak of of a cycle yeah but they are they probably in a one maybe max two year window to win it part of me wants Juve to never get that that (laughs) 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 never get a clean one Uh, (laughs) the (laughs) I I think Atletico you know people have have expected this team to fall apart every single season basically and Simeone keeps convincing these players to stay and basically there's no one else except him it is him who convinces Griezmann who convinces all these guys to stay at the club and they strengthened in the summer. This is why, I, you know, at the start of the year, you may remember I was saying that I think they're going to win La Liga. 
Uh, they're what, like one point off, two points off the top at the moment. Mm. After a slow start as well. Yeah, they've got they've got a, a really solid squad. They kept all the be- their best players, and they added like Gelson Martins, who is a really good player. Rodri, who's going to be the sort of heir to Sergio Busquets in the Spain team. Like, I think they are a really really good side. And then Juve, obviously Juve, but supercharged by Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo going back to Madrid. Everything you'll get a uh, you'll get a very respectful welcome from the <laughs> Atletico fans. Well, the thing is, you know, the you don't see it quite in the same like in England. Uh, this is going to sound like a very Anglo-centric thing, but I say it as someone who, who's been in a lot of different places, and I think that English fans deal with these situations better because they'll come up with some like really kind of witty like of the moment sort of chance to deal with it whereas like in america like american sports like for all the great stuff on the field and like the food and all the other stuff the the, the fan culture like the chance and stuff dreadful like Terrible, yeah. be Terrible. like it'll be like let's go they'd be saying, like cristiano sucks that's like the sort yeah, of yeah. stuff you'd be getting no banter no i I, I, no I remember banter. like when you're going to football as a youngster like the thing you love is like the witty sort of terrorist stuff yeah, yeah. And um, what will happen to Ronaldo is he'll get whistled and jeered, and they might sing like Cristiano Puto or something like that, you know, like yeah. like broadly homophobic abuse. Um, but it's not going to be witty stuff. It's not going to be like talking about like I don't know some sort of thing that's uh, to the tune of Rihanna that talks about yeah. his tax evasion issues or whatever. It's going to be rubbish. The, the, sorry, just across you. The other thing is, even though they've signed Ronaldo basically to win the Champions League. This is in the group stage. This is the least convincing they've been by that one performance against United, but they've been really easy to get at for the first time since they failed to qualify from the group stage under Conte. But this is, you know, no, I know it doesn't mean much to them, but but uh, that's why I think this is the best ties because it's two teams that really do need to win it mm. this year or next, and so for one of these teams, it's going to come crashing down in the last sixteen phase. We said before that Atletico being in uh, second place made it difficult for whoever. Whoever gets yeah. them was going to be probably the tie of the round. This should really have been the final in 2017. Like They yeah. were both so good that year, but then obviously Atletico screwed it up against Real Madrid in the semis, Lock even it. though As they have a Real Madrid weren't very good that year, but they messed it up because that would have been a, a great final. And there would have been such a better sense of drama having two teams who needed to win it in yeah. a way that, say, Real Madrid didn't need to win it. So Actually, we... So we we agree that this is the best tie, right? Yeah. Footballistically. Yeah. Although that said, it will probably like be decided by one or two goals over the two legs. Yeah. Doesn't make like, it bad though. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it'll be bad, but I'm saying it won't be like whereas like Liverpool Bayern there could be like mm. ten goals scored across two legs. In on uh, myself and Johnny's uh, trip across Spain the other day, we still didn't decide who's who's Coogan, who's Dryden. Um but we were discussing that uh the Champions League actually hasn't had many first time winners. Um, the last one was obviously Chelsea 2012. Before that, Dortmund 97. Um, now, right. Sorry. Yeah, so, but it's quite odd. I mean, I suppose maybe... And that's actually quite strange sense because if you look at it from the Premier League's pr- perspective, um, well, we've had, well, I suppose we've had, what, six, it's half a century younger. Um, but do we think that can change? Obviously, Atletico have beaten three finals. City... PSG, these are kind of the main, and maybe Arsenal. I mean, I, think, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's weird. Quite a few times in the last few years, I've thought at this kind of stage, this year's going to be a new winner because, yeah. like, Barca, Bayern, and Real Madrid aren't very good, and I certainly think that now. And yet, you know, Real Madrid always find a way the, of getting past the that. The Madrid thing is actually, if you look, I mean, if you suppose you value the historic 
prestige and grandiosity of the and gravitas of the Champions League, and like the the idea that it should reward the best team in the um, yeah. in, on the continent. Madrid's three in a row, just got four and five, just gone. It's gonna, it's it's so frustrating. Unless you think that the like the lesson of Madrid winning three in a row is that in fact experience matters more than quality. Well, look at this Real Madrid team. I just I well, can't see a way they win it. No well, but it's, I mean, well, it, it, it's basically it just means they knew how to manage two or three games at the end yeah. of the season, which I like for 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 a, for a competition of this, you know, uh, but reputation and prestige to come down to that is. I know, but it's it's it's, it's true it though, is, isn't it? It's true. Like look at like the example of, like I I think that you can certainly draw a very clear parallel between. Guardiola's Bayern, who were probably the consistently the best team in Europe over that three-year spell, yeah, for sure. and not City two years ago, but certainly City last year as well, yes. who were consistently the best team in Europe. Yeah. Like the fact that they can continue to play this well and not be and not win the Champions League shows that I yeah, mean it's yeah, the ultimate yeah. proof that the Champions League is not just a merit test. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens again this year. City will just City will play brilliantly, but then two or three key moments will go against them in the Champions League game, and they'll end up not winning it. So who did who do we decide consensus wise is number two on our power rankings of these oh, of these li- ties? Liverpool Bayern. Liverpool Bayern. Uh, I actually really excited about M- about United PSG. Right. So Man United put, put a case forward for Man United PSG being number two here. You've got like two, basically two clubs which are shambles but in slightly different ways. Yeah. Like you've got the ultimate. Old, you know, the ultimate old school club in Manchester United, like incredible history, incredible fan base. You've got the ultimate, like, invented out of nothing club in PSG, which was, you know, was invent literally invented two years after Man United first won their their first European Cup. Um, But though they are coming from very different directions, they've kind of ended up in the same place, which is like, we don't know what we're doing. Let's just buy some famous players and then we'll get someone in to manage them and hopefully it will all be okay. And it's kind of not. PSG do seem in a better place. So, well, I think it's. I think they've got a better coach for sure. Yeah, they've got a better coach. Yeah. But actually, I'm not sure I should say this, but well, go on, go on. But um, from a journalist's point of view, <laughs> they are probably the two. I mean, because of precisely what Jack has said, these are the two entities in football right now: PSG and Jose Mourinho, that are the easiest to give a kicking to, to be critical of. Yeah, it's, it's true. So, much yeah. Up. so in that sense, whoever loses, we win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're so. So you've got these two, two very interesting. Uh, contrasting but also similar entities. Plus, you've got the Mourinho factor. Plus, you've got Neymar. Like you've got some uh, an Mbappe and Pogba. You've got so many big individuals and big storylines coming in Paris. Coming into this game, you've got Pogba coming back to his hometown, where I imagine he's never played a domestic game yeah. before. Uh, although obviously he's played lots of times for the France national team. You've got Mourinho up against pr- like probably the next the next club yeah. that he's likely to work for. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I don't think PSG would want him. Say. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, on, 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 but certainly a club he's been linked yeah, with. But as well as that, this could well be Mourinho's last chance. This, this whole tie could come down to this because he's 11 points off top four now. He, I don't think he's going to get that. Uh, and all the talk is that United are basically just like with Moyes, like with Van Gaal, you know, just waiting until t- Champions League qualification is mathematically impossible. Then, then they get rid. There's so, a contractual reason yeah, behind yeah, that, we yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And, and all, to, all to do payoff and financial, especially if the murmur is about them wanting to sell the club or true, they're not going to, they don't want to make any financial For decisions sure. in that regard. For sure. But so this could come down, not just to Mourinho saving his season or his job, but to a certain degree saving his legacy. I mean, and to be fair, 
this is one thing why I wouldn't, even though all logic suggests PSG should actually batter United and Neymar and Mappe should tear, I don't know, Chris Smalling and Victor Lindelof apart. Um, you know, it, it, that, that's the sort of situation which could suddenly rev up Mourinho. And like, 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 he's, like he's seen against Liverpool, not this weekend, but in previous matches where he suddenly gets into his way and you see some of the old Mourinho and United put in one of those displays, a properly intense... And then weird, weird things happen in these kind of knockout yeah. games. Can you imagine I, how we I, I beat, beat PSG? I think I think United can do it. Like PSG, you know, PS is yeah, United aren't great, but PSG also never, hardly ever come up against teams as good as United. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of and, with Jack on this. And I like, I saw, I I was lucky enough to be at PSG's best performance of the season, where they beat Liverpool two one at the Parc des Princes like two or three weeks ago, and they were really really good. But they're not always that good, and in, if they People in Paris are always like, oh, they don't play with enough intensity. Yeah. Like Neymar doesn't show up for the big games. Like there are st- still a lot of questions yeah. around this team and around whether or not the players do what Tuchel wants and around yeah. whether or not they really function as a unit. And oh. therefore, one second, and therefore, like, uh, I, I do think that it's possible that PSG won't play to a high enough standard and United will be able to beat them. Also, in the same way we've talked in this part about how the, the weird dynamic of Guardiola is the league, league games have become so easy that it means Champions League knockout ties are now massive events for him. You do wonder whether, I mean, like they did against Real Madrid last season, whether PSG, not because United are actually good, but because suddenly the scale of what qualification means uh, and they, they could potentially bottle it. So are you willing to concede that uh, Jack is correct and Man United PSG should be second on our last 16 power rankings? Mm, let's talk about Liverpool. Let's talk Liverpool Bayern. So then we can weigh it up. Ten European Cups between them, five each, yeah. uh, I believe. Uh, Liverpool obviously got to the final last year. Bayern have been in several finals in recent years, but haven't won it since your in 2013. Um, Liverpool haven't won it since uh, Istanbul, obviously. Um, I wrote about this earlier on. Having I've been over to Bayern a few times this season um, and seen some pretty ropey results. They are a team that's in a transitionary year, basically. They brought the new coach in last year put off the big renewal, the renovation of the squad that's aging yeah. and old and, and and falling apart a little bit, they shouldn't have put off the renovation. So now what happens is you've got the first year of a mm. coach who's who's struggled and then nine points behind Dortmund at the top. And then you're coming up against the Liverpool team that's in now the fourth year, would you believe, of Jurgen yeah. Klopp's reign. And they're kind of gathering pace. They're really, you know, we'll talk about Liverpool, Man United so, so in a they're, bit. They're, they're basically Alex Ferguson, 1991, roughly. Y- y- yeah, but United you have to compress channel. everything for the modern course, game. Course, course, uh, yeah. But I, I think, uh, but this is Klopp's Liverpool really hitting their stride. Like you know, you're, you're seeing the players that he's brought in, and now you know the guys who at the start, like uh, Fabinho, for example, who weren't getting games, yeah. are now he's, key he's, he's very key players and starting in, in in all the big games. So I think that Bayern are just in a they're in a very uh, vulnerable spot, basically. I think against Liverpool, I think Liverpool are the sort of team that could take them apart because Bayern are a bit. Like sterile and, and yeah. stayed um, with the ball. I thought they looked much better when I went to watch them recently against mm. Nuremberg than against Gladbach. Obviously, Gladbach a much better side, joint second with them in the Bundesliga. But uh, and Muller, I think Muller makes a big difference to them. He gets criticised a lot, but he he makes a big difference to them. The problem for Bayern is that Hummels and Bertang have not had a good season so yeah. far, and, and you could play Sh- um, Nicolas Sola there instead of one of those two. But the big problem is that they get exposed by pace in behind, yeah. and Liverpool have an abundance. Of pace, Actually, so yeah, I, just, I just look at that. I think it's a bad matchup for Bayern. Just uh, we've got a, a brief tangent. It means actually the summer of 2019 could be very interesting because these these that's two clubs, Bayern and Madrid, 
who are going to embark on huge renovation projects. It certainly seems that and way. So there could be a lot of traffic in, in, in the transfer market. Uh, actually, yeah, you've kind of convinced me. I think Liverpool could actually... It could be one of those ties where suddenly we... we one of those announcement ties, and I think Liverpool could batter by yeah, I, no, I One of the reasons that I prefer United PSG is that I think... Liverpool will. This might sound ridiculous. I think Liverpool will win that too easily. I think it's yeah. like a. I think there's a chance that Liverpool. What I would point out too is many goals past Bayern. Van Dijk is suspended for the first leg at Anfield. Mm. Lewandowski's been uh, really good this year, and if they just get one goal at Anfield, obviously it completely changes the complexion of the time. Without Van Dijk, I think Liverpool aren't the same team. Yeah. yeah. Because who are you going to start? And you're up against a really good team here. You know, not just a striker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's certainly a good a good attack. The, the problem has been, you know, that uh, the Gladbach game I went to when they lost three 0 uh, Joshua Kimmich came out afterwards and said, "You know, it's not even a thing about missing chances. We didn't create chances." Yeah. And they, st- Kovac, Niko Kovac, is obviously the first time managing a club of this size, having been at Eintracht Frankfurt before. And you're looking at what he's doing in midfield, and you know, does he go with Thiago? Goretzka seems to be like absolutely nailed on. They look better when Kimmich plays in midfield than when he plays at fullback. And then, so then, what you're doing is like, so you play Kimmich, Goretzka to win the ball back, and and then who? Thiago? How's the boy Hamez getting on? Hammers, I mean, he splits. He splits opinion. He splits opinion because he's the sort of guy you bring on and you expect him to carve up teams like Nuremberg and uh, and Hanover, who they smashed the other week. But it's like he had he has never really truly realised. I mean, that Real Madrid move ended up being terrible. Yeah, yeah despite well, the trophies. I think, I think, we, I think we could have. Uh, to be fair, I think that was said a bit at the time. Everyone did. Hang on, where's his place in this yeah, team? Yeah. If yeah, I can but he was as shiny yeah, and yeah. perfect a, a Florentino yeah. Perez object yeah, yeah. as you could have hoped to buy. Yeah. If I could recommend uh, to listeners who might be interested, f- I would suggest following Hamas Rodriguez on Instagram. His Instagram account is genuinely hilarious because it's like it lets you in on basically like the ban- the banality of the day to day lifestyle of a very rich, very talented footballer. Like it's got just, very little to do. Yeah, there's pictures of him like playing PlayStation or wearing expensive clothes, <laughs> just st- standing there with like a glazed look on his What's face. One, with that great one where it's just him sitting in an armchair looking forward. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Who took that and why? A Colombian man, <laughs> a Colombian man in Munich. <laughs> Munich, Munich would feel a very long way from home. In just the think winter. how many, just think how many people must be involved in this process. <laughs> saying, like, Hamas, I think we need a picture of you looking relaxed and thoughtful. It's just him sat on his sofa. He's enormous in Colombia though. Like, so you know, every, every piece of content that he publishes is yeah, gonna a million, a billion incredible likes. engagement. Um, um, but it is, I mean, it's, yes, one new post. It's worth having a look at if you are interested oh, no, in so social he's, media. He's, he's wearing a nice brown jacket and he's asking people thumbs up or thumbs down. Expensive clothes. 1.7 million likes on that one. Yep. Solid. Also liked by Karim Benzema and Luka Modric. So. The lads, they miss him. Yeah. Um, so we've decided that Man United was second, was it? And Liverpool Bayern was third. Yeah. Is it? I mean, if you ever look Actually, at a picture of Miguel, James Rodriguez, Miguel looks a bit like a pound shop, James Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, plays like one too. Um, fourth in our power Miguel's rankings. taking an absolute battering here from Ed. Who would you... Who well, would are you going to get your retaliation here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, gonna, he gets his retaliation gonna every day. leave on one in on you later on. <laughs> uh, um, the ball was there, I think. Yeah. Tottenham, versus Dor- Tottenham versus Dortmund, I'll shortlist for fourth place. Uh, Ajax yes. versus Real Madrid. Ajax Real Madrid, underrated, under the radar. Okay, talk, to, talk me through Ajax Real Madrid. Ajax are going to batter Madrid. You, you really think so? Is there enough chance that Madrid... I, I think they could eliminate them. Wow. Great. Talk to me more well, about that. I suppose it, it depends, I suppose, whether Ajax 
all you know the big boys come in for their stars in January. Well, but they said no, they they yeah. won't sell in January. Okay, that's cool. the one thing cool. we know. Van der Sar and Overmars. I know that people say yeah. this all the time. They might agree deals for the end of the season in January. Yeah, which which I think is already going on yeah. from what I understand. But Frankie De Jong, Matisse Delight, um, who's the other centre back? Vuba is his name. Yeah, Casper uh, Dolberg. All all of them are staying for this season to see what this Ajax team can do. The problem is that these teams only ever have one yeah. year lifespans yeah. now. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. Just, but they've got a great opportunity yeah. here going up against a Real Madrid team that since Solari took over, they've been notionally the best team in La Liga in terms of points. But if you watch them against Rayo Vallecano at the weekend, 1-0 win. Like, dreadful. Yeah. Like, they are not good. So, they might have regressed to the mean a little bit in terms of they were unlucky at the start of the season and then uh, now that Solari's taken over, like, things are just going their way. They're not a good side. No. And Ajax went into Bayern and did really well yeah. in the group stage. And I think they could do the same yeah, with the Bernabeu. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, do you remember when Ajax got to the Europa League final two years ago, or a year and a half ago, there was like, I mean, oh yes, it's a young talent team, but it's kind of a nice team. And you, you never got the sense like they can't really hurt big teams. This, this, this current side is a much more serious operation. And even if like, look at their goal, don't, them and PSV have a goal difference of plus 100. I, I yeah, it's ludicrous, ludicrous combined. Yeah. Wow. It's plus 100 plus 50. They won 8 0 the weekend yeah. right, against Graf, the Graf Shop. Like. Yeah. That, 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 those are sort of scores that I, like the, the great Van Gaal like team used to get in the mid 90s against. You know, well, it's interesting. One of the Eagles or something. Basically, the difference between this side and the side that got hmm. the Europa League final is that Overmars and Van der Sar realised in the summer that they couldn't just do it with kids. They needed to push the boat out a bit on salaries and get older players in. And that's why they signed Daily Blind and Dusan Tadic. We talked to Tadic about it at the World Cup. Yeah. And he, he was really infused about the whole Ajax thing because he'd said that he'd spoken to them and uh, that it was a club that, that could challenge in Europe. And we obviously were just kind of like, yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah. You know, good luck with Serbia, whatever. But there is a chance, I think, it's of helped. Ajax making a splash this year. Yeah, it's definitely... Though I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I watch Ajax every week, but I speaking to an Ajax fan recently and he was he was telling me exactly this that the, it's been those kind of experience additions which has given them that that kind of extra ruthlessness this season and, and you know if they've got two genuine future superstars in Frankie de Jong and Matisse Delight which is what kind of scouts and and the like think yeah um de Jong a central midfielder who can play center back who who's been linked with PSG and Man City uh, mm. Barcelona seem to be out of the race for him presumably because of price, but they are very much in on delight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, if they've got these future sort of, yeah. I, I mean, like what you call future Hall of Fame level talents, like top, top elite young players, sometimes it's a bit like Mbappe when he was at Monaco. Like, this is when they yeah, yeah, yeah. they show it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, right, you know he's part yeah. of the elite. You know where he's going. You know, what his, you know what his trajectory is yeah. from watching this performance. Now, if Frankie de Jong goes in and puts on a masterclass against Real Madrid, yeah. uh, up against the likes of Luka Modric and Casemiro, I mean, okay, up against the likes of Luka Modric, then you might see this whole team and this whole thing yeah, differently I mean, as, yeah. as a team built around future superstars. The, the other thing about, I mean, sitting in the now camp at the Spurs game on Tuesday, I was going to survey on Twitter, and the Ajax's official account ahead of the Bayern game put up like one of those things laughing about, and it was the 95 game when they absolutely destroyed Bayern in the semi-finals 5-2. And I think like, Jeez, that is amazing. And I, I, like, I was watching, I was thinking to myself, like, that's a team, I was about, what, 11 or 12 at the time. And, like, so Ajax, one of the teams I grew up with, is basically, they are one of the standards in football. Yeah, now, for the last 20 years, you've kind of conditioned the idea, like, they're just, a, a club you almost, dis you have respect for them because they're history and because they're youth production, but one of these clubs that sadly has become completely diluted mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. the economics of the game. 
So, for, so it would be so refreshing and actually arguably necessary for the Champions League for a club like that to, I think, to be able to do something serious again. And even, uh, I mean, preferably knocking out Real Madrid, but even pulling it up to them could, would be. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. But and so we'll think that one ahead of Tottenham Dortmund in the rankings. Tottenham Dortmund, uh, I guess, is is it's kind of two rising clubs still. Clubs, yeah. clubs who are sl- who I guess you could argue are doing things the right way. Uh, under Lucien Favre, Dortmund have been brilliant this season. They're nine points clear of uh, joint second is Gladbach and Bayern in, in the Bundesliga. Tottenham are third, maybe fourth. Third, third. Um, the one of the frustrating things about it is that they've met a few times before. Like they've met, mm. they met in the Europa League in 2015. They met in the Champions League group stage last season, I think, yeah. or the season before. So there's not really much of a sense of novelty, which is one of th- that's one of the things that's attractive about, say, United PSG yeah. or even Liverpool Bayern. Actually, to be fair, this whole draw has been much better for that than previous yeah. years. There's a lot less repetition of ties. But you're right. I mean, I agree with Ed that like the similar trajectories of the club is what makes it exciting because yeah. they're they're both clubs which have basically not got elite resources, and that means they need to kind of box clever. clever. Yeah. Uh, and arguably, Dortmund are a good example for Tottenham. Um, Isn't the new stand of the stadium? Based yeah. On so that's what it's been said that like the steepness of what uh, some people call New High Heart Lane, but Spurs call the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's like inspired by Signal Iduna Wait, Park. Actually, they're not going to White Hart Lane. Uh, no, no, they, they want to call it Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for now uh, un- un- until it becomes you, like the you, KFC Stadium. Yeah, you guess it'll be space. the KFC Stadium, and then everyone will refer to it as White Hart Lane because it's still in the same place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's one of those Lansdowne things where, Road. like, because the fans can still refer to. Yeah, precisely. Mm. Yeah, what would you, would you still refer to it as going to Lansdowne Road, or yeah, would you I'd refer ne- to it as the Aviva? I'd never say the Aviva, Lansdowne Road. Uh, that's because you're a loyalist to the. Lansdowne Road cause, you've got to be careful with words in Ireland. Uh, who's next after Spurs <laughs> Dortmund? Head's banter is going downhill. For a, a high star. It wasn't banter, it was literally, I realised halfway through uh, loyalist that, that in Ireland that has different meanings, so I had to just... just not in Dublin, like, I mean... I had to, ro- I had to, roll, I had to roll over. That's a bit Alan Pratt. <laughs> How many people died in the Irish? I, I, think, I think enough people, enough people listen to this. Uh, no, it's Partridge. Um... Fifth, I will give you Leon Barca. No. Uh, Leon Agord. Schalke Man City. Four. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Roma <laughs> Porto. Roma Roma Porto could be good. Yeah. That's it. There, there, that's, that'd, be, that'd be five, six, and seven. Have we lost the tie? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No. So, Leon Barca is probably the next best game. We had uh, let's go Juve as the best. Then we had Man United PSG second, Liverpool Bayern in third, Ajax Real Madrid in fourth, fifth was Spurs against Dortmund. So sixth is probably you don't think Leon Barca this resurgent no, I, Leon team. Now, now I've thought about Leon. it. I've actually changed my mind. It is Leon Barca. It Leon, is Leon Barca. So I was in Leon the other week for the City game, uh-huh. and I, can't even, I think I think it was two all. What do you think of this good young team? Leon really good. They were really yeah. really good. They were much much better than I thought they were going to be. They were like they were clever. They were really really quick. Um, they had scarily fast, aren't they? Depay, a lad called Corne, Maxwell Corne, and some uh, Fekir oh, in the front Sin- three. Dineo looks very strong as well, and actually. then. Uh, Ndombele and Ouar, Ouar, so, so Ouar, yeah, in in midfield, is and the they were rated young midfielder. They were really, really good. Like they were clever, and they got in behind City, and they didn't stop attacking City, and they should have won by. 
It's like the worst I've seen City play this season. Um, they should have won by a long way. Uh, but in the end, I think Aguero scored twice and it was two all. Um, and afterwards, it's like one of these press conferences, which you always, always get when you cover City in the Champions League. And it's like journalists saying, Pep, did you expect Leon to be that good? And Pep was like, yeah, of course, of course I did. They've got really good players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's like a running theme, basically, is this kind of difference between Pep, what Pep thinks about the Champions League and then what people in England think about the Champions League. Uh, which is always interesting. I think people underestimate Leon because obviously Leon won was it seven titles in a row or something ludicrous, and then yeah. under the Paul Aguirre region, uh, Paul Aguirre reign. Um, still a mystery why he went to Rangers and turned out to be terrible. But um, they've got a lot of good young players now. Leon, they've managed to hold on to, probably like up there with the, the period where they had Sen Maluda, uh, yeah. Sydney Govu, you know the lads. So you look at it now; they've got uh, Awa, who they think could be really good. Nabil Fakir, who they managed to hold on to last year, but maybe not this time. Uh, Tongoy Ndombele, yeah. who I've not seen play, but is, is supposed to be one of those central yeah. midfielders that everyone's watching. Uh, Maxwell Corne, I haven't heard a lot about, but I I saw him, um, it was Valencia when Gary Neville was in charge, and, and Corne, I'd never heard of him, okay. and he cut in off the wing and, and scored an unbelievable yeah. curling shot from like 25 yards as a teenager. He's supposed to be really good. And then who was, who was the other guy you said up top? Uh, Memphis. Memphis. Who's kind of... Re- like yeah, and he's probably he's probably the best place for him to be a kind of club where he gets to be the main man, mm-hmm. but it's not mm. uh, it's not as high pressure as like trying to, trying to get into the team at United. The new Diego Forlan. Tommy Kershaw was telling me that, that he did an interview with Johnny Northcroft in this week's Sunday Times, oh, really? where Depay is like stood on like a yacht, you know, like with his like, arms wide, sunglasses, like you know, looking like basically the superstar that he's always been in his own market. Yeah. And he just, he just never, he never made it happen at Real Madrid, basically. Uh, Man United, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I do think he's clearly a player who wants to be like famous and celebrated. El Gran Papi. And not have to like uh, go through the hard yards to, to yeah. get there. I also really like how he like triggers lots of gammon fans. <laughs> uh, like lots of people seem to think lots of people hate lots of people hate lots of idiots hate him basically, yeah. which Big means favorite. he must be doing he must be doing something right. Big favorite of the analytics community. Uh, seventh out of eight. Actually, just in relation to that, I mean, Go on. what did we think of? Well, I know what I think of um, Roy Keane honing in on like. So bored of it. Like. It's so bored of it. It's so predictable from Keane, wasn't it? Like it's just like playing playing the hits basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, th- I think you pointed out. It's like players aren't allowed to launch a fashion range. Which takes like an hour and a half at some like Manchester warehouse on a Tuesday morning, whereas like on a Tuesday afternoon, Keane would be out getting drunk in a pub yeah. after training. Tuesday clubs, you know, what do you think's more? What do you think's more of an issue? Like, what's more impactful? Who was United's best player against Liverpool? Probably Jesse Lingard. Yeah. yeah. And, and who was the guy launching clothing range? So yeah, lot nonsense. Of, other side to that as well is um, there's this bizarre thing about United actually at the moment where all of their ex-pros in the media are going on and on about how depressing it is. The club needs a reset. And yet, when it actually comes to proper criticism, who needs to be criticised, they all stop short. So have, it's not that scary. Have any of those? Have, have I think Skulls is probably the closest. Yeah. I think to Skulls have, hammers Mourinho to really mm. put pointing the finger at Mourinho. But yeah. a lot of them, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because they like they get eighty percent of the way there. Yeah, yeah. And then like, well, what's the problem? Uh, like well, the Glazers and Woodward. Well, players ne- players well, aren't good Neville, enough. Neville like never says the Glazers. No, yeah. he hints at Woodward. Yeah. Um, and he, ne- he like, I think, as one of a mutual friend of me and Jack's yesterday, uh, <laughs> you know, his, his, his mock tweet or, or a mock quote of Neville look, I don't think he can blame the manager for this one. <laughs> it's always that, basically. Do you think that the, the key, 
I was thinking this earlier, the Keane's criticisms of Pogba are interesting in as much as I think Mourinho probably thinks this. Yeah. Even though he doesn't really say it in public. Keane and Mourinho don't like each other. Like the Mourinho, like the, the dropping of Pogba and not even getting on for one of United's biggest games this season is incredible. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Well, about- so Ken made a good point today in his piece for the Irish Times that one of the ways in which Mourinho is still successful is actually that he's basically he managed to to throw it's almost like a Russian bot or something like that he managed to throw enough stuff out there so that well, okay, while his failures are being discussed, they're not as discussed as intensely as they would be because he's managed to cloud it so much yeah. with issues like the Pogba thing. With issues like, like he doesn't, I think as Ken said, he doesn't do, dra- he doesn't do tactics anymore. He does drama. Um, it's like the thing, it's the thing around Trump, isn't it? There's so much noise. Yeah, exactly. But you can't ever possibly borrow down to like one or two key issues. There's yeah. so many things going on. The amazing thing I've come, sorry, we can do a little bit more right, on Pogba. Go- the mm. thing I've come to realize, I've come to think about Mourinho and Pogba is that any other manager, I'd like to think they would be like, up at night thinking, Christ, how am I going to get the yeah, best out of yeah. Pogba? Like, I, he's so good, but it's not really clicking. Like, what am I going to do differently? Yeah. I, nothing makes me think that Mourinho thinks like that. I think yeah. he's happy to, he's he's so appalled by Pogba as a person, he's happy to see Pogba fail at United. Now, to be fair to Mourinho, to, to one degree, um, I did hear a story that basically he he actually sent Ed Woodward a message or, or some 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 other official in the United hierarchy, basically almost exasperated with Pogba, saying he's tried everything. I've tried the soft approach or the hard approach. Tried to give him a captaincy. I've taken away the captaincy. But the only thing, the only th- the only caveat that I always say is that that comes after he's already set the set the parameters for the relationship by just being going in and being real to Pogba, ra- and rather than actually looking at him as a modern player in the way you say. Yeah, they need some sort of large. Like moment, like a big event or something that can change your relationship. Otherwise, it's done. Otherwise, it's broken. Yeah. Like you need him to score the winner, and like Mourinho yeah, to run to him and be like, you know, you're my man, you're my yeah. man. And and like you need that for a sea change. Otherwise, the entire thing's. But they screwed. had City away in in yeah, April, yeah, yeah. and that could have been that. And it wasn't. Yeah. And uh, so didn't did, did, did Mourinho make a bit of a snipey comment even after that game? I can't remember about Pogba. Like he, he, it was as if he wasn't willi- willing to go. Well, actually, I do Sorry. After that game, Pogba made a point of praising Carrick and not Mourinho. Right. Okay. Right. Now now you've gone completely off topic. Seventh Schalke Man City. Eighth is Roma Porto. So you can carry on talking about United, who lost three one to Liverpool on Sunday. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, we're talking United, so we might as well keep going with that. So from the outset, you know, he left out Pogba. He went with Lukaku yeah. and, and Rashford up top. Yeah. Is that right? What do you what do you think of it? Because basically, the way I saw it, and I, I was watching it in the office, you were actually at the, the stadium, but the way I saw it was that Liverpool were the better side. United got a lucky goal out of nowhere when, when Alisson screwed up. And then it knocked Liverpool off their, yeah. their track a little bit. And then two deflected goals in the second half gave Liverpool what it, was a deserved victory. I actually think it's a massive, it's even more of an indictment for United that that result and game still looks so bad for them despite the fact that yeah they got they they were suddenly allowed like back into the game mm-hmm. um with a very very lucky goal that did give that that did reassure them make them look better for 20 minutes to half an hour and did really knock liverpool off their stride i think had that not happened and remember this is a goal out of nothing i think that could have been a four or five nil mm. um but then despite all that liverpool still managed to make it a pretty humiliating game did you think that um could you take any positives for United out of it? Like the way that the fact that they were like in the game until they were about well, twenty five minutes left. Honestly, for a manager who is supposed to, who whose hallmark has always been teams are solid and hard to break down, that that's been his calling card. Really, the way they got shredded time and time and time and time again. It, like in those first twenty minutes, even is like yeah, yeah. thirty six shots. <laughs> yeah, I mean thirty six shots on goal is is insane. You can tell me what you like about the centre-backs and how he doesn't rate yeah, uh, yeah. Lindelof he doesn't rate, rate Bayou whatever. you've been there for two and a half transfer windows mm-hmm. or three uh, two and a half years now three transfer windows four transfer windows y- you know Lindelof came in with Mourinho's not Mourinho's knowledge but with his consent you know mm-hmm. they they have a lot of people they know in common let's yeah, say yeah. like Lindelof and Bayou are, are the players that have come in under Mourinho so if you're playing centre-backs you're saying right okay I should be able to trust these guys. Mm. Or you should be able to coach them into a competent performance. And we didn't see either of those no. things. Um, but I mean, there is a caveat maybe that Bailly was only told he was going to start a minute before the game. But then, as you say, there's another context to that. Um, but then there was an interesting angle after the game. So Mourinho, in, a t- in what, like something that's come so typical, and, and typical for someone basically that's not what they were, starts going on about all his past success again. Like, oh, this Liverpool, uh, trying to get praised by the association almost, this Liverpool reminds me of my Porto. And then he went on to describe the qualities of all his best sides, omitting Chelsea, actually. But he, particularly, he went on particularly about uh, Porto's uh, transition in the defensive phase, uh, Real Madrid on counter-attacking, and Inter being so good on low block, which are, again, all defensive qualities. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, he, then, of course, the typical bit of Mourinho, double speaks so, so why can't you do this with Manchester United? And, yeah, oh, I'm happy with the players. But anyway, a team is more than a squad. A football club is more than a squad, with the implication, of course, being... Buy me, buy me better players. But then in the same breath, he says, "But I am happy with my players." So like the typical, it's just so. And this is what Mourinho's become now. Just these kind of, you know, rhetorical or sorry, not rhetorical, but these kind of word games in the media yeah. to try but and just. It's like his only. I kind of feel like the only the the only levers that Mourinho has left to pull, or the only like, the only the only things that he thinks he can do are saying weird stuff in public mm. for it's for an effect, 
and like picking weird teams for effect. Yeah. The kind of like random random yeah. selection yeah. policy, punishment drop. He's droppings. already played all the hits now. Yeah, like, he's, he's tried all these. We saw it. The thing is, you know, we, we commented about this last season. Yeah. We saw ev- all of these different devices used at Chelsea. Yeah. And now we're seeing them again. And and the thing is that, you know, because everyone else has seen them as well, they don't get, you know, you, you could try the bollocking, yeah. you can try the, the arm around the shoulder, whatever. Like they don't I work anymore. There's, there's actually a slightly weird thing as well. I think I think Wilson might have argued this in the Guardian, but che- I, I actually Chelsea ended up in a appalling position that season, much worse than United. Now they were like I think just above mm. relegation zone. Yeah, yeah. But they actually perform. They're a better performing team. Because remember, I went to a lot of Chelsea that season, and there were a lot of really knife edge games where there like, some ludicrously unlucky things. Yeah, there were, yeah, as yeah, well. completely. Like I remember even Porto away, we were at that. Uh, so, and they, they, they went to spells and missed loads of chances. Whereas United are actually playing worse than that Chelsea. They're not as g- they're not as good in attack, nowhere near as good. But they're getting away a bit more, just almost because of what the Premier League is now, and they've got a higher position. But yeah. we we've touched on this before that the United, as bad as the United results are at the moment, and they are appalling. Mm. The United performance has been much worse. Yeah. I can think of a handful of games: Bournemouth, Young Boys, Newcastle. Uh, which they should have lo- Juventus away, yeah. which they should have lost, and they haven't lost basically because of yeah. various like randomy circumstances. But yeah. like the performances are appalling, and ha- they're so bad. Had it been the Liverpool of last season without a game breaker from the bench like Shakiri, because Liverpool uh, there was twenty minutes where Liverpool re- you could see the nerves were getting to them, and rather than actually playing in the way they do in the fir- and they had done in the first half, they just like, kept trying all these ludicrous long shots. Then he brought on Shakiri, but you, so United almost got another one of those results, which they would have. One one thing that I wondered was that: Do you think? I mean, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. Do you think that Liverpool's performance from, let's say, the Lingard goal to the Shakiri goal? was sufficiently like anxious that it suggests that they are going to struggle with the psychological pressure of leading the league maybe i think i think may it may it might have just been the situation that got them although that that kind of feeds into what you're saying actually i suppose that because it's when they have to deal with these situations then but i I actually think this will help in that regard and to be fair to liverpool as well they've actually had a few situations like this now chelsea away everton at home that united game um you could maybe even argue City with the fact that Mares actually missed the penalty rather than scoring it, where it could have gone a lot worse. And through some con- through some of their own action, through some design, and through some coincidence or some blind luck, they've got away with it. And that is the sort of thing that gradually, I suppose, fosters that kind of faith and belief that you need them when it comes to. I mean, it's a classic Ferguson thing when it comes to the last ten minutes of the game, and you know you have a history of getting of pulling it out of the bag. That would that 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 will actually lead to tangible physical effect. Um, we should probably mention Liverpool because they also played in that game. Uh, we just did. <laughs> yeah, no, segment on but yeah, but I mean, like, um, they are, you know, top of the Premier League. They are contained. You know, we were worried. You know, last year by this point that the title race was over, pretty much, wasn't it? And there was concern that this season might go the same way. Looking at their draw in the Champions League, you know, they could knock off Bayern and stay in the yeah. Premier League title race, I think. Uh, in that regard, actually, do uh, I was very sceptical, I have to say, until the last few weeks, so I'm beginning to change my mind. Do we think we'll get a proper Liverpool challenge all the way, or is there still the kind of lingering feely, f- feeling City will win by 10 points? No, I, I don't think that anymore. I think there will be a Liverpool challenge. You don't think? I, mean, I do oh, think yeah, there'll yeah, be a Liverpool yeah. challenge. I think this yeah. is we are in a Liverpool challenge. Yeah, I, I mean, City are going to take it up a notch with De Bruyne fully back. That's true. I think Liverpool's... De- What's the left-back situation as well? 
Uh, Mendy is probably out for another few more weeks. So few it's more been weeks, like it? Delph and Zinkladze on it. Zinchenko. For the last few weeks. I'll probably um, get rid of ben Mendy as well in the summer. Yeah, it sounds like patience might have worn out yeah. a bit. But um, you look, you're looking at that. But the Liverpool, if you look at the Liverpool depth, like like yesterday, they didn't have Alexander Arnold, they didn't have Joe Gomez, yeah. they, they didn't have game, they didn't have Milner, uh, Henderson was on the bench, uh, so they had they didn't have all their first choice players, and they won it with a sub as well. And suddenly, it's not like a kind of thirteen man squad yeah. in the same way it looked like like it was last yeah, year. Yeah, we talk about the the big signings they've made. Uh, you know, I think Van Dijk is the most important one still at seventy million pounds. Um, I think he's the most important signing they've made in years and years and years because they were so bad defensively. Mm. It was it, it it cost them a lot. Um, but Shakiri for thirteen is just a smart buy because yeah. you know he's yeah. clearly a player who in uh, you know, I've said this about uh, a, a number of, of signings, but you can't get much these days in the Premier League for like ten million pounds. Mm. So when, for example, when Will Hughes came up for what was that eight eight million pounds for Watford, yeah. it's a no brainer because if you get a player who is a starting caliber player in the Premier League for eight million pounds. That is, that is fundamentally much cheaper than you'd expect these days. Yeah. You're talking about twenty million plus for like a starting right back these days. So, when a club like Liverpool can get a player like Zerdan Shakiri, mm. who has Champions League experience, loads of international experience, who can come in and play, you know, he could start for you in the Prem on a Saturday and then maybe come off the bench and play for you in the yeah. Champions League on a Wednesday night. For thirteen million pounds, that's nothing. Yeah. Um. Okay, just on that on that yeah. note, just to give Josie a bit more of a kicking. Um, I saw a Nick Miller tweet yesterday that three of Liverpool's starting eleven cost less than what United signed Fred for, and and this, there's this wide debate. About, oh, like, in fact, again, you got it from all the ex-United pros yesterday. Oh, that squad needs changing. You know, this, this this is a joke. I mean, the reality of modern football and of, well, from football since time immemorial mm-hmm. is that players can look extremely different under a different manager. Yeah. I mean, the classic Vertonghen. I remember. But April, April 2014, Spurs went to Liverpool under Sherwood, Liverpool going for the title, and Liverpool battered them. And there was all this talk about how Vertonghen and Tunnel just didn't care. Like, he looked like... Uh, Dion Fanning compared him to Wooderson in uh, um, Days Confused, L-I-V-I-N. Just kind of, you know, he was so chilled before the yeah. game, and as if he didn't give a toss. But take it on a few months, through, through a sh- and not, not that much of a time... And Pochettino's already turned Vertonghen into world yeah. class. Yeah, Tim right. Sherwood used to think that Vertonghen was a was like a bad character and a bad defender. Yeah, and in fact, in the sort of four and a half years of Pochettino, he's proven to be one of the best, most consistent defenders yeah. in the Prem. Yeah. So I mean, it's just and, and again, and, uh, salvation's around the corner, Manchester United players. So, so, so you've got to wait for Mourinho to go. Your point is, what would Andrew Robertson look like well, at exactly, United? Yeah. He'd look like an eight million pound left back. He'd probably still look like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a whole player, and people are going, what the hell Whereas, is this? Uh, what Klopp has done is turn him into one of the best left backs mm. in in the Premier League, and and there are other players like Joe Gomez is yeah. is an outlaw. Nathaniel Klein coming back into the picture is interesting to me because he's been out for so long. You know, his injury helped him discover Trent Alexander-Arnold. Sometimes these things yeah, happen yeah. by accident. You know, he wouldn't have got promoted probably otherwise. Neil Warnock said he wants Klein on loan, but we'll see if, if they let him go. Um, any other points you want to make before we go? Because we do have to wrap this um, up. None. Ar- Arsenal losing their winning record. Okay. Arsenal has a winning record to Southampton. <laughs> Ralph Arsenal Hortel uh, did well as a 3-2. That was a bonkers game. It was, uh, it was a shame to see Burnt Shane Long get a goal taken off from us. Burnt Leno. The prolific Shane Long. Burnt Leno um, made a big mistake, as did Alisson this weekend. Not a good weekend for the high-profile goalkeeper signings of the summer. Um, unless you're Vicente Guaita, that is. Uh, I think that is all we're going to have time for because no one cares about the rest of the Premier League this weekend. 
And yes, and as can you keep, can you just keep singing that louder so we can uh, outro music? No, no, just sing it. Actually, probably some sort of copyright claim. Yeah, probably. So that is all we have time for. Thank you very much, Miguel Delaney, for joining us. Yeah, keep going. And thank you very much to Jack Pitbrook for joining us. Um, As ever, if you could rate, review, subscribe, and all those things, that really helps us. Um, If you are, you know, a sponsor, we currently don't have a sponsor. So if you came in with, you know just some just any cash that's more than we're currently getting we'll start there we'll move it on we'll move it on people will start hearing about your company you know yeah. whatever it is roofing or or plumbing or and so if you're like uh rakuten or uh Eti- yeah, well, Etihad airways well yeah but essentially emirates like, airways we'll start small we'll get yeah. we'll like joe's plumbers we get joe's plumbers in they're getting it and then someone else is listening and they're like oh joe's plumbers are getting a lot of pop on this podcast i like then it's like, oh, okay, then we move on. And then someone else comes in, like a mid-level company, like, I don't know, British Gas. British Gas are in, and they're like, oh, like, oh sure, sure, well. Sure, you can get some of the sponsors. We're seeing the a... 90s that, like, it, you don't see anymore because they've been priced out of Sanderson. Sanderson. Sanderson, <laughs> Sanderson Electronics. Like, Rainham <laughs> Steel. Brother. So Rainham Steel starts selling loads more girders because of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the ne- the big ones come coming, maybe, like, the Qatar Sports Authority come in with a million pound a year deal. There's all sorts. So if there's what a sponsorship thing. Electronics. Oh, okay. Sponsorship get in touch otherwise rate review subscribe i've been ed mallingham thank you for listening to the indie Forward podcast goodbye thank you